Welcome to the Delta Good Review. I'm Jason. I'm Kyle. And I'm Bryn. And today we'll be talking about Delta's fifth studio album, Wings of the Wild. Wings of the Wild was released on the 1st of July 2016. In Australia, it was a return to number one and became her fourth number one album. Although it was a four-year break between Child of the Universe and Wings of the Wild, as fans, I guess we were used to having breaks between albums. But in contrast to the gap between Delta and Child of the Universe, it definitely felt like Delta hadn't been away for that long, as she was regularly on The Voice Australia, and she had released a couple of standalone singles in the meantime. However, we got our first taste of the new era in March 2015, when Delta released the single Only Human in conjunction with the 30th anniversary of Neighbours, where Delta made a return as her character Nina Tucker, who performed the song on the show. I wanna love. So Only Human is another classic Delta piano ballad. And to be honest, it's a song that actually had grown on me, but now I really enjoy. So what were your first thoughts when you heard Only Human for the first time? And how do you feel about it now? I think one of the things when I first heard it, and even today when I was listening to it again, it really reminds me of John Lennon Imagine. The piano ballad really sounds very similar. But I think it's such a lovely song, really kind of raw, honest lyrics. And I think, I don't know whether I'll hold the whole thing about it being on Neighbours thing, but I think definitely just as a standalone song, I thought it was really lovely. I think the Neighbours thing was quite a good thing to sort of propel her, particularly in the UK context, that was quite a good way for her to showcase herself. But yeah, I think it's a beautiful song and it's a song that I, you know, go back to quite often and really enjoy yeah i agree it's a really beautiful song i really love the sentiment of the lyrics the idea of you know no matter how dark things get there's always kind of sunshine to come i think that the lyrics in the end of the song with that kind of message i really like the music video that came along with it as well even though it was very simple the idea of just kind of following her through what looked to me like the desert in america somewhere as she kind of told the story of that song i particularly found really powerful Over the years, it's definitely grown on me. However, looking back, I'm not sure whether it was the best song for her to have performed on Neighbours as a kind of reintroduction. And I wonder whether there was more they could have done with that opportunity. But as a standalone song, I think it's beautiful. And, uh, you know, as I said, the sentiment is really powerful. Yeah, I think the other thing, why I was surprised was actually that this song made the album. And I think because it had been such a long time from that song coming out and the album coming out, as beautiful it is, and I think it is a beautiful song on its own, I don't think it added anything else to the album. I think Morse Code, for example, would have been a great song to add into the album. And I think it should have replaced this song. But I still think it's a beautiful song in its own merit. Yeah, because obviously when it was first released, we didn't know that it would eventually be on the album. And when we found out that it was on the album, I had that same thought as well. But to be honest, now I'm really glad that it is on the album. I think she mentioned that, you know, it's in the middle of the album, along with Heavy, which she calls, you know, like the heart of the album. And it's a really, as you said, raw emotional song, which is one that I really do connect with. And I love those lyrics as well. I think over the years, I've definitely come to appreciate it on the album. I feel that it definitely adds to the album's narrative. I think my issue actually is the track listing and that with Heavy followed by Only Human, the kind of pace of the album drops at that point. And I kind of often find myself skipping those songs because I want to get back to maybe some of the more up-tempo pop songs on there, even though I appreciate those songs for themselves, if that makes sense. 
We know you love a bop, Bryn. I do. But I, I, I was do. thinking about this the other day about the track listing of this record. I feel like there's kind of this theme around the first bit of the album is all about kind of rebuilding yourself. And I think this album really connects with, we said that it's with Instant Eyes and Mistaken Identity, they kind of reached over to each other. And the same with each of the albums. I feel like there is a little bit of a reaching towards each other. And I feel this one does exactly the same thing. It kind of picks up where Child of the Universe left off. And I think the first half is about the rebuilding that middle bit where you say it drops in the kind of tempo I feel it's like a reflective moment where she's reflecting on things and then I feel like you get the rebirth at the end with some of the later tracks which are a lot of quite empowering tracks in there so I think there is a theme and it does fit but yeah you can see what you mean where they decided that the tempo just drops quite a bit whereas in other records it's kind of been a bit more a bop and then a ballad kind of flows in sequence so she does follow Only Human a few months later with the official lead single of the album, which was Wings, which was released in July 2015. So Wings became Delta's ninth number one single and spent two weeks at number one and has since been certified two times platinum and is also her most streamed song on Spotify. So prior to the release of Wings, Delta had gone on tour with Ricky Martin, and that's when she said she had written the song. So lyrically, it's a song about letting go, freedom, and she had turned 30 when she had written this song. So there's definitely a sense of her moving forward from her 20s and into a new era of her life. So for me, I just love Wings for so many reasons. It's such an important moment, I feel, in Delta's career. She talks a lot about resets and rebirth, but Wings, of all of her singles, feels like the most integral rebirth that kind of, to me, sounded like an artist getting their second wind. It sounded like an evolution of what she was about. And I love that at the same time as being really contemporary, you know, it was an up-tempo pop track, it still retained what Delta is loved for. It retained beautiful kind of that piano breakdown, these huge soaring vocals, these lyrics of empowerment. So it was like, Delta meets the contemporary music world of 2015 in just the most perfect way. I love the whole rollout for the song as well. I love that we first heard it kind of teased in an advert. I think it was an advert maybe for The Voice. And I just remember being blown away by the strings and the whole production of it. So yeah, I think it's definitely for me when I look across Delta's career now, Wings feels like a really integral rebirth for her. Yeah, I completely agree. I think Wings was a great comeback single. I love, particularly my favourite moment in that track is actually the moment where she breaks it down and the piano gets its own moment. And I feel like that kind of reminds me of the innocent eyes where the piano got its own moment. And I feel like we maybe hadn't had that moment in songs for a while. And so it was really nice that the piano got that its moment in there. But I feel like it was another layer because it was actually like, it was just a piano on its own. It was built in with other instruments. So it really built up the energy and the kind of hype with that song. I think for me, what I've always found very surprising was how it charted on its debut and then it obviously very quickly was going down in the charts so it surprises me that it was at number eight and then it went to number 26 like it was the voice performance which propelled it to number one which again goes back to that question around the kind of promotion side of this song whether it had been given enough promo before that performance but yeah I think it's a great track deserved to be number one and I think it really set a tone I feel it was definitely a clear indication that the album needed to go in that direction Yeah, I love that performance on The Voice. And I guess they were probably aiming for that week to be the big impact one. So I can see why they would have released it a few weeks earlier just to get people used to it and then have the big hit with the performance. And as you said, I love the piano breakdown. And again, she had mentioned that she was sort of returning to classical piano, which we'd seen with the earlier albums on this song as well. (laughs) 
So I also really love the video that Wings had. So it was a very simple one with just white backgrounds. And they obviously took the theme of Wings quite literally with the mirrored images. And yeah, it's another one similar to In This Life where it's, you know, just Delta showing herself being confident, being empowered. And yeah, it's a great video. Yeah, I definitely see the parallels with the In This Life video. It felt like part two of that video in some ways. In terms of Delta's videos, I tend to, you know, the ones that really stand the test of time for me are those that tell a story. So, for example, the Not Me, Not I video. And this video doesn't do that. And yet it's beautiful. It captures the energy of the song. I love the kind of clips of her, you know, playing the drums. So, yeah, I like the video. It's not one that I go back and watch that often, but it felt like a really fun kind of empowered moment. So just talking about the music video, this video, along with the Dear Life video, was directed by Anthony Rose, who we were very fortunate to get a chance to speak to earlier this year. And so we'll share this interview with you now. So, Anthony, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. So you directed Delta's very first music video in 2001, I Don't Care, when Delta was only 16 years old and then went on to direct the video for A Little Too Late in 2005, the number one hit Wings in 2015, and most recently Dear Life in 2016. You've also worked on music videos for artists such as Dami Im, Samantha Jade and the Veronicas, plus a variety of documentaries, fashion films and TV commercials. So firstly, we'd just like to hear a little bit about your own career and how you first ended up working with Delta. Sure. God, I've directed a lot of music videos over the years. I guess being a DOP, a cinematographer, they're a real director's medium doing music videos because you get to write. Usually you're writing it and you're coming up with some incredible, you know, creative idea that you hang the whole video around. So for me, and then I have a background in fashion. So yeah, I mean, I've always loved them. Even when I've gone off and done TV commercials, they've always been really close to my heart. I've done a lot of work with the guys from Human Nature who have the number one show in Las Vegas over the last 10 years. And we've worked with a lot of the big old Motown artists as well. And as a DOP, I go back to working with Michael Jackson and David Bowie years and years beforehand. So I've kind of been around a bit. But yeah, I remember meeting Delta when she was 16. She came to see me and she was just really super talented and really focused and had really clear ideas about what she wanted. And I thought, wow, you know, who the hell is this girl? And since then, you know, we've always kind of remained quite close. So I guess one of the things that a lot of fans are interested with in that first video that you worked on, which is I Don't Care, from you meeting with Delta or from discussions with her label, what was the direction? And then obviously, how did that feed into what became the music video? Good question. I'm trying to remember what I based it on. I mean, it was had a real Romeo and Juliet kind of feel about it. And, you know, she was young and really fresh. And I guess we just wanted to do somewhere I would have my notes on all of that. But it was just a really simple idea about it led up to this tree that was covered with ribbons that this guy takes on a ride on this motorcycle. And we just wanted to do something that felt a kind of inspired and romantic that sort of the dream thing that a guy would do for a girl to show how he felt. So yeah, I mean, it was a really kind of difficult shoot. We'd bitten off a lot of what we wanted to do and was out in the countryside and there was a lot of different locations and we worked massively long days, but we had a great guy called Oscar Hawkey, who was like the lead model in it. And we had them on the back of a motorcycle, which meant a huge truck with a crane and a, you know, tracking vehicle. So they weren't actually riding the bike together to make it safe and all of that stuff. But yeah, it's one of my favorite videos actually that I don't think it got seen that much, but I always loved that one. That sounds like a high-end production in terms of the investment that I've been put in. So does that indicate to you that the label were really invested in Delta from the get-go? 
Oh, look, they definitely were from the very beginning. I think she had very big ideas and was a force of nature and, you know, kind of really seemed to have a lot of control in what she was doing. And I think the record label sort of felt that she had a real depth of talent. Back then, they started to spend a lot of money on music videos, I guess, because it was one of their primary vehicles for advertising songs. I mean, back then, we shot everything on 35mm film, multiple cameras, a lot more expensive to do. Now, it's become much harder and budgets are much less, you know. And even the budget we had for that, I can't remember what it was, but it was a lot more than wings and things like that, you know. And I think the second video I shot for her, I think, had a lot bigger budget as well. But that was a very tough shoot, that one as well. So, yeah, back in the days when there was more money, to spend i guess and i'm interested to know as well can you tell us a bit about the whole process of creating a music video sure look i mean god it used to be i get given a cd or something or a cassette tape a long time ago i put it in my car and i would just drive around sort of looking for inspiration and trying not to think too much about it you know and you're just trying to drive around and find an interesting idea finding just something out of the ether that just felt really different and really fresh Certainly with Wings, I think very quickly I had a very graphic, clear idea. And I think when that video, they had talked to a whole lot of other directors and because I sort of hadn't done that many videos for a while, I'd been off doing other things. And I think someone had told me that they were struggling to find a video director with an idea that Delta liked. And I I think I rang Delta and she was driving in LA at the moment because I'd run into her in the bathroom at Sony Records beforehand, I think with the Veronica's and we'd had a quick chat and I just said, oh, look, I'd love to do something with you again. So I rang her hearing that I said, oh, look, you're looking for a director. And she said, oh my God, yeah, can you listen to this song? Straight away, within five minutes, I had an idea and I did a very rough treatment very quickly. And yeah, she absolutely loved it and just said, Totally get it. Let's just do that. Because it sounds like Delta's input in the music video is very important. We've always known this about that she's an artist who has conviction and she has very solid ideas of what she wants to get out of something. So it sounds like she's very involved all the way through the process. Definitely. And in this, she didn't know what she wanted, but she kind of knew what she didn't want. And it was all about with wings. I mean, again, the budget was really tight. I shot it like more of a fashion thing. The camera mm. actually doesn't really move. And I just moved the backgrounds. I had Delta on a rotating rostrum. So she moves. Sometimes the lighting moves, but the camera really didn't move. A, to be simpler and very linear and also to save us, I guess, more money. And so there wasn't moving around that all takes time. And we just did different kind of cool lighting things, bit of silhouette, lots of slow-mo. And it was all about mirror imaging things. So with the dancer and creating wings. So sometimes it's a literal thing with wings and sometimes it's mirror imaging her. And so things have this very simple graphic element. And one of my main contributions to that was basically telling Delta not to perform, which is against her greater instincts because she's a born performer, you know. When it came to that, because I had also sent her an email, I guess, a while back beforehand saying, look, you know, I think people don't necessarily always get who you are. You know, she's this amazing woman, but I think sometimes what comes across and because she's been a presenter on TV shows and stuff, people don't really understand there's a real authenticity to her at heart. And sometimes maybe because of the package it's dressed up in, it can feel almost a little too good to be true and a little too much. So with that video, we really set, or certainly I set off to try and silence any of the critics, you know, just strip it back and be a lot raw. Of course, Delta loves to get dressed up and loves to look amazing and glamorous and really turn it on. And she has quite an amazing glam team that works with her. 
Noni Smith, et cetera, are doing makeup and, you know, usually high end styling and, you know, she can't help but perform. But with that, we started off with like jeans and a tank top. And I remember saying to her and she said to me, look, I'm 30. And I said, you know, you look amazing and let's celebrate just how simply gorgeous you look. We doesn't need, you know, incredible over the top styling, which we did end up getting a little bit more in there, but it started off being just jeans and a t-shirt kind of thing. And just having her trying to not perform to the camera, trying to just hang back as if she had nothing else to prove. And you see that in some of it. And my advice was her to continually say, you don't have to perform, you don't have to do anything. You just, you know, sing the song for you. Don't worry about the camera, you know. And I think that comes across. Later on, as the song builds, you know, it gets a lot more expressive and she performs a lot more, which is fine. But we just wanted to start off and keep it understated, you know. In the video, there was a real emphasis on the instruments, which I don't feel like other music videos of hers have ever really done before. What was the reason behind the focus on the instruments in the Wings video? Well, part of it was just finding interesting things for her to do. I mean, the hardest things with music videos is filling them up. If you have a band of four or five people, you can cut from one person to the other to the other, and it's always something new to look at. When you have a single performer like that and there's elements you know, you're just on them all the time. So you want to try and keep it surprising. Plus, you want to connect with the musicality to the song. And she, I think the drum was her idea. She felt, I think the lyrics referenced that as well, but there was quite a sort of a thump to it. And she wanted to do something. So I thought, well, if we're going to do that, let's get a big drum and make it like a real powerful statement with that. The guitar was just cool thing. You know, I just had this cool image of her, you know, with this great guitar, which I borrowed off a friend. I think it was a White Falcon, Gretsch White Falcon or something. Very cool. And I didn't want her to play it. And I said, because I think she can probably play a bit, but I said, I didn't want to make it seem like that. I just wanted it to be a cool kind of hanging out moment. And then, of course, in the middle of the song, it goes into this crazy piano stuff. And so we got her electric baby grand, I think, that she uses in concert. And we put it on a rotating rostrum. So... Again, there's a lot going on with that, but it was hard not to have her playing that because you need to fill that in with something. And the best thing is to have her playing the instrument there, you know. Yeah, and I guess that's something she's very iconically known for is the piano. So I guess it's something we all tend to expect to see in a lot of her music videos. And we weren't trying to tell a story or anything. We were just filling it with cool images that we just thought worked with the musicality of the song and had a great visual element and that felt fresh for her. And my main thing was to shoot her looking as gorgeous as possible so people would just go, oh, my God, who is that? Which is, And if you looked at the comments online about the video, everyone just said, oh, my God, she looks amazing. So that was the main thing. That and had to go to number one because, you know, it was, I guess, the next evolution of her. And there was like a lot of pressure on doing something that is kind of going to relaunch her in a way. One of my favorites. Yeah, I love the video as well. I wanted to talk just a little bit about the Dear Life video as well, because in this video, there was a lot of different sort of videos going on in the background. What was the thinking behind that? Well, years beforehand, I had done a video when the big video LED screens were very new. I did a video for a guy called Shannon Knoll, who had came second in Australian Idol. And one of his later videos where we use the video wall to powerful effect. And what we actually, in essence, had to do was create a music video, the content that goes on that video wall from start to finish, and then have him performing in front of it. When Delta played me Dear Life, a song which I really, really loved, but it kind of was so emotional and it had so many ideas in it 
that it was near impossible. You'd have to have a massive budget and be shooting all over the place to put Delta in all those moments or to you know tell that story with that sort of amount of humanity. And so I thought, oh, well, why don't we go back, keep it very simple in the studio, spend all the money on you know the biggest LED wall we can, and we'll just get footage from wherever we can to kind of tell that story. Some of it came from Delta, and we even were re-editing on the day to throw in new footage as ideas came out. But yeah, it was just kind of simple. It started off, she was supposed to be a bit more jeans and t-shirt in that one as an evolution. And there was one look for styling for that. And then I think on the day Delta preferred, I think it was her Annie Lennox look. I can't remember with the big white suit and everything. But there's always like an element that she would throw in there with that. I think we had the violins that she decided that she really would love a violin interlude in there. So we sort of threw all that stuff in as part of the video. But we cut a video track with all this emotional scene to kind of fit the music and then put that on behind her so she could just simply perform in front of it. Again, telling a story without telling a story. Yeah, I love that video. And I love the fact that you've got those images behind her of showing the things that relate to the story. And then every now and again, she put something of her own past comes in. I think there's a nice balance of, of trying to tell a story, but then not deflecting it about being everything about her own experiences. But then teasing in a few of those is quite nice. And for fans, those moments are quite memorable. Of, you know, the first time she won the Aras during what she was going through in her own personal circumstances, a moment we all remember. So I thought they were really nice and quite touching. Yeah, we started off trying to make it broader and not about her so much. I think there was a bit of sensitivity to what line we take with that. And then I know on the day, Delta suddenly wanted a bit more of her own experience in there. And I think we were going through her phone and her computer and rapidly trying to re-edit stuff to put on behind in there. So and there was a difference in aspect ratios and there was a lot going on. But yeah, I mean, you know, and it's a case of her feeling comfortable and feeling like she has ownership of the video. So it's not for me to say... No, I don't think that works. It's a case of trying to be collaborative sort of all the way through. It's always this elusive thing you're chasing. You know there's a great idea out there. There's always so much on the day that, I mean, the way I work is not very set in stone. You're always trying to create these beautiful accidents on the day. There was a lot of them in Wings. There's a lot of them in every music video. Rarely is it, you know, you've got an exact plan and it just happens like that. You know, there's always something else that somebody does that you think, oh, that looks really great. Like Delta flicking her hair in Wings. I think she was just mucking around with that. And I was like, oh, that looks great. Let's just do that. All this stuff that for Wings she'd never done before and also not trying to perform too much was something i don't think she'd ever done before as well you know yeah so i wanted to know as well outside of these music videos have you worked on any other projects with delta i think we've talked about stuff over time but i think we've you know sort of discussed various ideas at times but i know she's usually pretty full and with her schedule and i'm usually super duper busy so i do the odd music video here and there because i still love to do them where i used to kind of do it full time where now I just love doing them. But, you know, and she's always like a special case when she calls, you want to do something, you know, special for her. But she's been pretty busy with the voice and all this other stuff at the moment anyway. So, and, you know, I think she's been doing a lot of her own stuff, you know, more and more online that she's done great. Well, Anthony, thank you so much again for talking to us. It's been really interesting to sort of learn more about these music videos, which I know are loved by so many fans. And I know that when I think of any of those songs, I instantly picture the videos in my mind as well. So thank you for creating those visuals for us all. Oh, look, my pleasure. It's nice that people appreciate it. You know, it seems to go out there sometimes and you think, does anyone ever remember that? You know, even though they're close to my heart, but it's nice that other people, you know, love them too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you very much. So again, a big thank you to Anthony Rose for talking to us. It was really interesting to hear more about those music videos. 
So after Wings, there was quite a break until the next single, because obviously she had been doing The Voice, she came over to the UK, and she also had her first theatrical role in Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, which she starred as Grizabella, singing the iconic song Memory. So after Cats, Delta returns with a new single in May 2016 called Dear Life. I love Dear Life. I think it was classic Delta track, but I felt it was you know that kind of positive message. But it was a very poignant, reflective, and again, similar to kind of like the speed of life. It had a message in that you could easily weave into your own life. You know, I was in my mid-20s. I've been, you know, in the kind of adult world for a couple of years. And that question in the chorus of like, Dear Life, am I doing this right? Like everyone goes through those moments where you kind of question going, am I in the right path at the moment? And I really resonated with that lyric. And I love the references around being a survivor and the video shows clips of her overcoming some of her own battles. So yeah, beautiful song. I love the video. I thought it was another great single for the album, but it wasn't the single that then led to the album coming out. Again, I always found it quite interesting. Delta kind of has this staggered release of singles. And I was sort of wondering when did they decide is the right moment to bring out the album? Yeah, I absolutely loved Dear Life as well. I thought it was a great kind of follow-up to Wings. We'd kind of had the preview of Hold On on Instagram in between Wings and Dear Life being released. So I think I kind of, in my mind, expected another, you know, up-tempo pop song. And she talked about working really hard on that and that they were trying to create that again. But then Dear Life came along as kind of a moment of inspiration and just felt like the right song to release. And I think it was absolutely the right decision. I looked back at my most played songs of last year and it turns out that Dear Life was my most played Delta song from last year. So it's just kind of carried along with me because that message is so earnest, isn't it? That idea of, as Carl said, you know, not knowing if you're going in the right direction, not knowing if you're doing it right, but doing it anyway, you know, almost as though you're born to try terrible pun but what I love is whilst it is a big classic kind of power ballad it also had a really contemporary production it felt really modern it felt really clean and so it kind of again felt like Delta brought into the contemporary music landscape and I thought she did that really well yeah I love Dear Life as well I think she writes about life really well and the lyrics in this song are really relatable again and kind of has that similar sort of theme as the speed of life and other songs in that vein Dear Life am I doing this right I was just going to say that one of the things I thought was really good about this song as well is I feel like this was the start of the point where you could tell with Dear Life and Wings that this was an album which was going to be much more easy pleasing and be able to you know capture a wider audience and I think with this album and particularly Dear Life was where I really noticed it there was a new group of Delta fans that I wasn't aware of I knew a lot of the kind of core Delta fans in Australia but there was a new group of younger fans who now you know we all know who they are and they've come along on the journey with all of us but there was a new wave of Delta fans which I think is important for an artist that they can continue to appeal you know to not just a group who were there at the beginning but actually can bring on more and I think Delta did this with particularly Dear Life I think it was a moment where she captured the younger audience maybe also the fact that we were older some of us were starting to have children and starting to introduce Delta to them as well yeah, it's funny you say that because the other thing that I noticed with Dear Life was I really felt that this was a point where Delta and her team were really working hard on the social media and they were definitely doing a lot of promotion. And in the build up to Dear Life, they had given us these teasers of piano clips every day, I think, in the lead to the announcement of the single. So talking about the sort of social media, we come to nearly the release of the album. So prior to the announcement of the album, Delta had sort of been posting lyrics to different fans on Twitter. Bryn, did you get one of these? I did. And now I can't remember what it was, but I did get a lyric. Oh, she actually just tweeted people saying these were lyrics. 
Yeah, she, randomly. She didn't say they were lyrics. She just tweeted people and everyone's like, Delta, what is this? It was really spontaneous again. I remember there was a lot of chaotic energy at that time from kind of the album campaign where things would go from being very quiet to, you know, 100 miles per hour. Suddenly lyrics are being tweeted, album covers are being revealed. It was very chaotic, but great fun. Yeah, so after all that teasing, Delta did finally announce the album to be called Wings of the Wild. And at the same time, the next single, Enough, is released. So I think you got this as a sort of instant grat track when you pre-ordered the album on iTunes. So Enough was a different direction for Delta. So obviously it was the first song she had, which featured a rapper, the American rapper Jizzle, on the verses. But lyrically, again, it does have the same messages we've seen before of empowerment and strength within it. You're right. It was definitely a different direction. I love the lyrics in that song. and I think it has that real empowerment. I would have liked maybe heard more of Delta in that because it felt more like it was Jizzle's song and Delta was kind of the featuring artist, whereas actually it was kind of meant to be the other way around. But I thought Delta's vocals, especially at the end, and the energy around that song at the end, her vocals were so strong. I love the video and I like the kind of vibe it gave off as well. And I really loved the... I don't have any way that would cause the lyrics that she did perform on the bunk down, but the version she did on the bunk down sounded lovely. I haven't gone back and listened to it for a while, but there is definitely another version of that song, which she did give us a preview to. But I personally wouldn't have picked enough as a single leading up to the album. I didn't think it was the right single for that. I think she could have either done it after daylight or maybe the river. I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, Enough is another one of those songs that we'd heard a tiny preview of, of Instagram at some point. And I can remember playing it for the first time in my car and being like, oh, it's that song. It's the song that we heard, I don't know, a year ago or whenever, and we're finally getting the real thing. And so I was really surprised when it included a rapper. I just hadn't expected that. It's not something that I'd ever really actually wanted from Delta's music either. You know, it's not something, you know, throughout her career I'd been waiting for her to collaborate with. But actually, I really like the rap in it. I think Jizzle does an amazing job. I think the lyrics are really powerful when she talks about, you know, that idea of self-acceptance. And actually, once you can accept yourself, you can check all those other things off your checklist, I think is the one lyric that I always try and rap along with. But I also just loved the video that went along with this song. And I loved the kind of combination of Delta looking amazing with this beautiful artwork that kind of told the story of struggle and endeavor and working hard to overcome, you know, barriers in your life. So I thought the video was quite a nice moment in the kind of Wings of the Wild rollout. Yeah, I really love the video. The only thing that kind of annoys me is I'm not a massive fan of the building they chose because I think it's a town hall or something and it just felt like it wasn't grand enough for the song. It, oh, I, I really liked... love that because it's got the big glass windows and then all the light that comes in. So no, I quite like it. I didn't know it was a town hall. It looked more like a kind of gymnasium. But yeah, no, I disagree there. But going back to the song, as you mentioned, yeah, we first heard it on Instagram. I think it was in 2014. So it'd been quite a while. And I think, as you said as well, Kyle, she played her sort of original lyrics during the Bunker Downs. And I think when it was first written and registered, it was called Not Enough or something along those lines. So I'm really glad that they changed it to Enough because it is that message of positivity and saying that I am enough which I think is what changed when the jizzle rap came in, to be honest. So I definitely appreciate that part of it. But I definitely love to hear the original version. I hope she does release that at some point in the future. Yeah. 
So we'll move on to talk about the album now. So I do think, even though, Carl, you probably didn't agree with it as a single to lead the album, I think the sort of message of empowerment was definitely a good one to represent the album, which clearly has that message of strength and empowerment, and none more so than in the opening track, Feline. So at one point, Delta said Feline would have been the title of the album, but I think she said being on Cats, she thought it was a bit of overload in terms of the Feline topic. So as we mentioned with the previous two albums, it's sort of become a standard thing for Delta to open her albums with these sort of orchestral strings and a really beautiful introduction, which we have with Feline as well. But then it moves on to a sort of almost electro pop song in terms of how the production goes. But I love Feline. The lyrics are really Delta just being a strong and empowered woman. She mentions things like leader of the pack, fearless queen. And I love all of that. See, I have to start by talking about the moment I first heard this album here because it's like crystallized in my mind. It was the 30th of June, 2016. I think the album had maybe leaked to us in the UK because it'd been released in Australia. I'd moved house and I was in this my first ever flat that I'd bought by myself. I had absolutely zero furniture. I had nothing. I was just me and some cardboard boxes. And I had a choice between going to Ikea to buy some furniture and listening to the album because I could only get the album on my laptop. So I was like, what do I do? And so I made the choice to actually sleep on the cold hardwood floor that night because I had to listen to this album. And then when it started with Feline, with this kind of incredible strings, this incredible tribal beats, the lyrics for me felt like Delta was having her Beyonce moment. It was like, you know, I'm the leader of the pack. I'm the queen. I was just absolutely overwhelmed in that she'd managed to capture this sense of freedom that I suddenly felt in my own life, having my own flat, you know, with the lyrics of this song. And I I just was like, who cares? I don't have a mattress. I don't need a mattress. I've got Delta's new album. And what a way to start it off with Feline. Such a good song. Things you do in the name of love, Abrin. Ding, ding. The thing I really remember with Feline, Delta was doing a performance for a small group of people. And she sort of said, oh, can I give you a sneak preview of one of the songs off the new album? No one's going to say no. And she did the performance, but it was really stripped back. And I just loved it because you got the sense of this confidence in her. And she did the bit where she's like being the fearless queen out in the wild. And you could see the grin on her face of like, yeah, I'm confident. and I'm really comfortable in myself now. And I love that performance. I would love to have a kind of acoustic version of Feline because it is so beautiful. I love the lyrics, the sort of sentiment. Again, continuing on that theme of the introduction that we'd seen for the previous two albums. So yeah, I think Feline was a great opening track for the record. So on this album, actually, the strings were really present on a lot of the songs, including the next one we'll talk about, which is Just Call. So Just Call, I think, was the last song Delta had written and recorded for this album, because I think it was very close to the release. She had gone to Byron Bay and written this song. And it's a song, she says, you know, it's all her friends just saying she'll always be there. And I love this song. It's another sort of fun one. And I love the fact that she did choreograph this little dance for the tour, which I always sort of do every time I listen to the song now. Yeah, I like Just Call. It's got those lyrics that you can kind of get behind. And I think it's definitely a song with you and your friends could be singing along and having fun with. And I think it was nice to have some of the more poppy tracks up front as well. And I thought it was a great one. I love the fact that we did a lip syncing kind of video. So I always remember that as something I always remember Just Call about because I felt like it fitted with us doing that video for Delta. 
Yeah, I definitely associate it with that as well, Kyle. It was kind of one of the first moments that we as a fan base kind of pulled together to create something. And yeah, I can remember kind of trying to sing along. And I think, Jason, you edited all those clips together, I believe. It was the start of your role as master editor in the Delta fan base. But yeah, as a song, I love it. I love the lyrics. I love the middle eight where she talks about I will be your flame. And there's a real warmth to the song throughout that kind of, you know, makes me feel really real sense of positivity. So I think it's a good place in the album. Lovely. So the next song is In the Name of Love. For me, I've always thought that over the last few years, obviously, Australia has started entering in Eurovision. And I always thought that if Delta Goodrum was ever going to do Eurovision, like this would have probably been the song that she would take to Eurovision. I feel like it was very that kind of Euro pop track. I really like it. I think it's really up-tempo, really dancey. I don't think it lyrically is the best one on the album, but I think it's a really fun pop track and I really enjoy listening to it. See, lyrically, I like it because it feels, again, we talk about these albums being in pairs. It feels like the other half to War on Love for me, whereas War on Love was quite a cynical song in some ways, you know, obviously inspired by that breakup. And it was quite an angry song about love in the name of love kind of, for me, redefines that and kind of Mm, reminds everyone that Delta's always been a lover. She's always been about love, showing love to people, kindness. And in the name of love captures that. And as you said, Kyle, it feels like a really kind of, you know, quite camp, really Eurovision-y kind of song. And I'm down for that. Anything that I can dance to. So we move on to, as we mentioned briefly before, the sort of heart of the album. So we go to another Delta piano ballad and the song is Heavy. For me, heavy is at the heart of the album. And I feel like you've gone through, you know, these kind of up-tempo, really empowering songs. And I feel like heavy is like the reflective song. It's the moment of kind of reflection. And I feel like it's a song which everybody can get behind. It's just Delta, the piano. I thought the video was perfect. It really reflected the song. And it was just this kind of stripped back, you know, her and the piano and not much else kind of in terms of the production. And the middle eight moment, I think for a lot of fans, that was a real sort of surprise moment. No one had ever seen her perform like that before and obviously the fact that the song got faster as the middle eight progresses yeah I just think everyone has those moments where they just sort of feel like the world is on their shoulders and I think some of the lyrics around sort of you've got the world at your hands and things reflecting the idea that you know you're successful you're someone who is doing really well in her life you've got beauty fame and all the rest why would you feel like the world's so heavy for you but I think you're saying to people regardless of your success you also have those moments of where you feel that things are getting too much for you so yeah I think it's a beautiful track and it's one of my favorites for this record On its own and kind of out of context, I agree. I really appreciate Heavy. I appreciate its lyrics. I think, as you said, the middle eight is such a moment, you know, and it's a really heavy hitting song, pun not intended. I think because for me, Wings of the Wild otherwise just captures this sense of like wild abandon. It's about freedom for me as an album. It's about kind of hope and love. I find the song really difficult, actually, in the middle of the album. And I end up skipping it a lot for that reason that I put Wings of the Wild on when I want to kind of feel really happy and really positive and dance around a bit. And whilst I get that the song might be important for the album's overall narrative, and Delta's very clear that, you know, her albums have to have lots of different colours and lots of different layers. I just find it quite difficult to listen to because it is so heavy hitting. And so I find myself skipping it more than I should probably. So do you think maybe it's a song which would have fitted better in a Child of the Universe album then? Potentially. Or, you know, I think parts of it harken back to even Mistaken Identity. It kind of captures that darkness for me. And maybe even if the song had been towards the end of the album, I would find it easier to kind of deal with. But where it sits in the album, I just find that it kind of, you know, pulls the pace and the energy of the album down, which I guess was intentional. But as a listener, you know, at that point, I'm dancing and that kind of moment comes along like a dark awakening, really. 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that because it's not something that I've ever particularly felt when I've been listening to the album. I mean, I really appreciate the fact that, you know, she's being very vulnerable here. And as you mentioned, Kyle, I really love that sort of middle eight breakdown as well. Lyrically, it does remind me a lot of Britney Spears' song Lucky, because she mentions Lucky in the lyrics. And that sort of brings me back that sort of feeling of, you know, this really famous person and you think who sort of has everything. But, you know, everyone has their own sort of moments as well in life. How did it all So moving on, we have the final single that Delta released from this album, which is The River. I love The River. I think it's a great song. For me, it has huge parallels with Adele rolling in the deep. I really connect those two songs together because of that kind of, you know, woman scorned kind of vibe. It's written by David Hodges, who worked on Kelly Clarkson's Breakaway album, which I think is such an iconic album. He worked on the first Evanescence album. So for me, he's been on a number of records, which I really like. And I think when I look and see that he's on there, it kind of fits with the fact that it had a kind of more rocky, darker vibe because that's his style. But yeah, I think great song. And yeah, love the video as well. I love that Delta took on a persona with this song. It was, you know, a moment of storytelling, which we don't get a huge amount of. You know, her songs are often very autobiographical, whereas, you know, I'm hoping the river isn't <laughs> and that it is a narrative and a story. But and I really like that element of it. And then again, you know, I mentioned that I prefer her videos when they tell stories. And that's what this video did. And it was nice to have that moment again, where she kind of played a character through her music. And it's just a great fun song to sing along to as well. Probably the most violent song she's ever done in terms of the fact that I took a loaded gun, forgive what I have done. Like that is quite graphic in that sense. I would love to know what the metaphor that was for, because I would never think that she'd do anything of that nature. But yeah, and I think you're right. Yeah, Brandy, in terms of that, she took on this kind of persona of this kind of the woman scorned. Yeah, well, I mean, it is implied and the video doesn't quite go that graphic because it just seems to be that she framed the boyfriend. But I mean, yeah, I love that video as well. It was great to have that story in it. And she definitely played that role very well. So when The River was released as a single, there was actually a slightly different mix, the Miles Walker mix, but I didn't really notice much of a difference. Did you? No. No, to this day, no, no difference. Okay. Well, great job, Miles Walker. (laughs) Anyway. So the next song is I'm Not Giving Up. And Delta actually first performed this at the Logies after party. So that was when we first heard it. And then it ended up on the album. So I'm Not Giving Up. To be honest, it's not one of my favorites on the album as a song, but I do really appreciate the lyrics. Again, it's that message of empowerment. I think the thing is maybe, well, to be fair, I think the fact that she does it really hammers in that point, but I'm not a fan of how she just repeats I'm Not Giving Up constantly. See, I love that. I love trying to guess when I'm singing along when it's going to end because I never quite get it right. (laughs) I feel like that chorus of I'm not giving up, I'm not giving up, it's her kind of, you do that sometimes, like, you know, if you're going for a run in your head, you're kind of going, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to give up. That is kind of how you get through something by kind of repeating this mantra to yourself. So I feel like that's kind of her saying that to herself, going, I'm not going to give up, I'm not going to give up. And by saying it continually, you actually don't end up giving up and you persevere. So I think to me, that's how I've always taken those lyrics. I love the kind of stripped back production with the guitar as well. It Mm. kind of gave a different kind of sonic layer to the album as well. And yeah, her vocals are just incredible on that song. 
and it enters into that end part of the kind of narrative of this album where I said, you know, you've just had the reflective period and this is now the kind of the rebirth, this kind of I'm strong, I've got that strength in me now. And I love the kind of thing, if I would do it all again, would I do it differently? Like, we all think that. We all look back and go, if I could go back a couple of years ago and do that again. Like, So yeah, I think it's just a great track. Sorry, Jason, don't agree with you. No, I mean, I do love that line, to be fair. And I do love her vocals at the end as well. But yeah, I mean, it's just not one of my favourites. But the next song, Encore, um, yeah, is probably one of my favourites on this album, though. So yeah, Encore is a great pop song. And I just love her vocals on this. I love how in the middle, it, it just, you know, it goes silent for a bit. And then it goes into the final chorus. I am such a fan of this song. And the extended metaphor, for me, it makes it one of the strongest songs lyrically across her albums. Like the way that the metaphor just grows and develops throughout. I think the vocals are awesome. I love the production on it. It feels really contemporary. The chorus is really, really catchy, even though it reminds me a little bit of Kelly Clarkson's Mr. Know-It-All. But, you know, that aside, the song is just, you know, it's one of the best for me on the album, definitely. And I, again, feel like it's one that isn't done enough justice. I know on the Wings of the Wild tour, it was eventually performed after kind of it was requested. And then it kind of had a showing at the end of the bunker down, thankfully. But I definitely think Encore deserves more recognition. I think it was more than just a request. I think it was fans like protest. Like fans were quite disappointed that that hadn't made it onto the set list. I think it's also interesting. This is probably one of the few, correct me if I'm wrong, where the song doesn't start with it kind of instrumental. It just goes straight into her singing. She doesn't do that very often. And I thought it was really quite different. I really like this song. It's a real great pop track. I always imagine that this could have been a song which like a girl band like Little Mix could easily have picked up as well. So I think it was very kind of classic pop track. I love the lyrics and the metaphors sort of around it. So yeah, I've always thought it was a great kind of Delta song. Well, I did do a mashup with a Little Mix song. So if you haven't heard it, do look that one up. And again, just talking about my mashups, because this one is my favorite one that I've done. It's Titanium Encore. I mixed it with David Guetta Titanium and I'm plugging it again. So look it up on YouTube. It's a great one. I promise you. Excellent self-promotion there, Jason. Don't come back for the encore, the encore. Don't come back like you want more, you want more. So we move on to the next song, which is Hold On. And as Bryn mentioned, we heard a clip of this on Instagram of Delta in the studio recording it. And she did mention it was going to be the next single until she wrote Dear Life. So again, Hold On is another great pop song. I love the intro and the strings on it. I feel like this has got a very different feel to anything I've heard Delta do before. It has a slightly feels more like an R&B vibe to the sort of the music and the way she sings it as well. So yeah, it doesn't feel necessarily like a song I'm familiar with with Delta in her kind of up tempo. But I think her vocals in that are great. I love the kind of bridge before the chorus kicks in. Yeah, great pop track. And I think it kind of rounded up the album before we then got to the final track. Justice for Hold On, in my opinion. You know, I just adore it. I know that Delta maybe herself, maybe her feelings have changed, but there was definitely a time when she expressed that she didn't like it as much because I think maybe they'd done so many kind of versions of it in the studio. I think that was the story that went with the song. And it definitely in some ways feels like Wings Part 2. It has the same energy as Wings. It seems to kind of have a similar structure. But I just love it. I just think it's such an epic moment. It was great to hear her lean into that kind of dance pop sound in a way that she's kind of played with over the years, but she really went for it on that song. And yeah, Justice for Hold On, I think it's amazing. The funny thing is, I always treat Hold On as the sort of final song on the album. But there is obviously a last song, which is I Believe in a Thing Called Love. So we all know this is a cover that Delta did of the Darkness song. And she arranged this piano version with Vince Pizzinger for her brother Trent's wedding. 
So it is a completely stripped down piano and cello, I think, arrangement. And yeah, I think it's a beautiful song. It's the first time she's had a cover on her album. But I think it was obviously an incredibly special song for her. So we can see why it's on the album. What do you think? Do you think it belongs on this album? I personally don't believe it belongs on the album. I think it's beautiful. And I think it's, you know, what an incredible thing to do for your brother. I think it's such a great, you know, gift. And I think she does reinvent that song totally. You know, as a song, the kind of original version is a bit cringy, really. Like, but her version is just beautiful. However, you know, I think she has so many amazing songs of her own that could have taken the place of that cover. You know, we already know that Morse Code is out there that could have taken the place of that song. So no, it's not an album song for me, but I do think it's beautiful. Yeah, I love that version that she's done. It's only, I think, as, you, as she starts setting into it and you hear a few of the lyrics, she starts to go, hold on a minute, I've heard these lyrics before because it doesn't sound anything like the original and she's made it very much her own. I thought it's beautiful, her vocals are lovely. And I guess in a way it was a shift, you know, we said in the last podcast that Delta likes to create a very special moment for that last track. I'm guessing she wanted to do that in a slightly different way of going, this song was got a completely different thing, it's nothing to do with me, it's actually about somebody else and I want to place it there because that was a special, you know, for anybody their brother getting married would be a special thing so maybe that was why she put it there i can understand what you're saying about you know whether it is part of the album or could it have been something separate or maybe a b-side or something but i do think it's a lovely lovely cover and i really enjoy that and it's one that i love listening to i believe in a thing called love just as another rhythm of my heart there's a chance we can make it now we'll be rocking the sun goes down So those 13 songs were all the songs on the album. And unlike previous albums, there were no sort of iTunes bonus tracks. However, in conjunction with the release of the album, Delta also released tickets for the accompanying tour, the Wings of the Wild tour. And if you bought VIP tickets, you got to download this song called Morse Code. Should have been on the album. I'm just glad it's now finally on iTunes. And Yeah, same. I think it was you, Jason, that sent me a copy of Morse Code by email. And every time I wanted to go and listen to it, I had to go and find the email with the copy of it on. Because it was just nowhere to be found in decent quality. And it's such a good song. That yeah. production's awesome. The production is awesome. I love the kind of doo-doo. Do, 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 do. like I just think it's a great track and yeah fitted in with that kind of up tempo but it kind of had the same lyrical message of kind of no communication like same other thing of that kind of feel and I think it would have really done very well on the album so yeah I'm a big big fan of Morse Code and I am so glad that we can now listen to it on streaming yeah, I definitely agree. I love the production on this as well. It's a great melody and the Morse code is a nice touch to have. Do we know what the Morse code actually is in the song? Someone has definitely worked it out, but I can't remember. Okay, well, let us know. I don't know. It's like we're speaking in So as I mentioned, the album had the accompanying Wings of the Wild tour in October of that year, which I was so fortunate enough to get to go to. I flew to Australia for a week and went to the first two shows. We mentioned earlier that Encore wasn't originally on the set list, so I never got to see Encore live, which I'm still a little bit bitter about. But apart from that, it was an amazing experience. And I love the fact that this was really the Wings of the Wild tour. In contrast to, for example, the Believe Again tour, where that was kind of a greatest hits tour and not much of the album was performed. On this tour, she definitely gave a lot of the album songs their moments, which I really appreciated. 
it's quite a surprise that actually it had been 11 years since her last arena tour. Like, it's crazy to think that there'd been such a gap. But what's really interesting to think is when you look at the visualized tour, which was a bigger tour because that was her first big tour. But I feel like in this one, you can see the kind of maturity and the fact that was that she tried to create more of a theme and an atmosphere and tried to stay true to the kind of Wings of the Wild theme. And I really like some of the themes that came out through that particular tour. I'm just really sad that I didn't get to go. But, you know, definitely have tickets for the next tour. If only I could fly there and actually get there. Well, we never know. We never know. Can I just talk about that one bit, which was quite iconic? You were at the show at Sydney where all of you had, I think it was Kinga who did it. It all printed off hundreds of these bits of paper saying thank you. And during Dear Life, during the chorus, you all stood up. And I just wonder, what was that moment like for you to be part of that and seeing Delta's reaction? It was so incredible. So Kinga did an amazing job getting everything prepared. And I think I remember Paddy actually helping out. He was handing out the signs to everyone in the audience before the show. And there were little instructions saying what to do. So when it got to Dear Life, to be honest, I had kind of forgotten about it because I was so into the show. But then I saw people sort of moving around around me. So I thought, oh, yeah, that's it. And I wondered if she could actually see everyone just sort of getting ready. But when we put the signs up for the first chorus, she was taken completely by surprise. You know, she stopped singing and then I love the fact that they actually managed to record that moment and put it on the DVD because it was so special I think originally we were just going to stand up and hold the signs for the first chorus but we just did it for the rest of the song because it was just such an amazing moment and I know Delta said it's one of her favorite moments as well so it was really special and obviously because you know that was us giving our love back saying thank you for years of music and memories Delta has already given us The other thing I really loved about the tour, actually, were the sort of videos that they had and the visuals, which brings me on to talk about the artwork for this album. So obviously the title is Wings of the Wild, and that sort of wild nature being depicted by Delta running with the tiger in a desert. Is it the desert? But yeah, so what do you think of the artwork of this album? For me, I think I really like the artwork in this album. I think it's the one album where the artwork relates to the title and relates to the track. I felt like in other ones, it's just some of the colours have been used. You know, we talk about the blues in Mistaken Identity. Some of the visuals are trying to relate to the album. But when you flick through the pictures, the pictures are just nice pictures of Delta. Whereas I felt like this one, the pictures really were trying to fit with the theme. I love when you open it up and you've got that first picture with the silhouette of the kind of shadow of the kind of tiger lines on her face. I love that. And I love the colours, the pastel colours that come through. I think visually, I think it's just lovely. I think it really tries to tell the story. And yeah, I would say it's a real standout sort of album for artwork. Definitely her most conceptual album cover. And I love it for that. You know, the idea of her running with the tigers and as you said, Kyle, it fits with the whole theme. The whole thing kind of pulls together really well. So yeah, it stands out amongst all of her album covers. And I think, you know, again, it goes back to this idea as Delta's moved through her career. She's developed more and more conviction behind her ideas where things have kind of come together more. And here you can see it. You know, she described it recently as Planet Delta. It's her mind being kind of conveyed through the artwork. And that was impressive to see. I think they actually use the term Planet Gudrun, which I noticed because obviously I am Planet Delta. That's my website, my handle. But yeah. I was just going to say that the design of the CD is the hands with the glitter. It really reminds me of the Believe Again video because I feel like that's a visual which comes through from that. But I have one bit of the artwork which I don't like, which is actually the back cover of the CD. I really don't like the design because it feels like a L'Oreal advert because it's like this kind of sheen of hair in the front with it kind of like, it doesn't look like her hair. It doesn't make any sense why it's like the way it is. So yeah, I've never really understood the kind of design on the back of the album. I'm looking at it again. I've always seen wood rather than hair. But now I'm looking at it. You're right. I think it is hair. But up till now, I've seen kind of like a panel of wood that she was stood behind. 
maybe a panel of wood, but I've always looked at it and thought it's hair. And it just reminds me of the L'Oreal advert where you literally have the kind of glossed hair at the front to show it's shiny because you've used that product. Yeah, I don't know. What do people think then? Is it hair or wood? Maybe a sun silk advert. Sun silk advert. That's it. Yeah. Sun silk. But yeah, no, I love the front cover. It's such a strong, striking image. And yeah, I remember the first time she revealed it on that massive it was the entrance to Sony Music in Australia, actually. And I was really surprised to see it, but it's a great image. Iconic image now, I believe. I was surprised it was a tiger, given the feline refers to a lion. I would have thought a lion would have been on the front cover, but I guess the kind of visuals and the colours and the patterns, I guess you could do more with the patterns on a tiger. Well, yeah, lions, tigers, they're all the feline family. And her hair was definitely like a lion's mane throughout the whole era. So maybe she's the lion. She was also the one where I think, am I right now, her Twitter handle changed to her location was Lionheart, Hippie Spirit. Am I right? I think this was the point where that changed. Yeah, that rings a bell. So this album was also the first that Delta released on her new imprint, her own personal imprint of Sony Music, the House of Oz Records. I'm intrigued about the House of Oz and I've always wanted to know more about it. But whenever I go on her website, it says more information to come. I do love that it seems that she's just, you know, she's such a boss these days. She takes more and more control over, you know, the decision making. And that's by creating things like the House of Oz, now at Lead Productions. And so over the years, she's just become more and more powerful as she should be, and therefore more in control of her own storytelling, I think. So it was a nice moment that she finally got to have her own production company. Maybe you're right there, Bryn, because if you think of the Wings of the Wild and then what's gone on since, I think it's been a much stronger promotion, much stronger on the engagement with fans. But all the things that we for many years were getting really frustrated about. And I think it's because she was like, you know what, if you want to be successful with something, you need to take ownership of it. And I think she's taken that now by the horns and she's running with it herself. I mean, isn't that one of Delta's quotes? If something's worth doing, it's worth doing well. Yeah. Delta quote. And so that's for me what's gone on here in the past five years that she's, as you said, Cal, she decided, you know what, I can do a better job. And she is. And she's definitely got the right people around her in this era, that era and this one now. She's got some great people behind her. And yeah. Excellent. So we'll move on now to our Goodrum and Badrum segment. So we'll start, as always, with the Goodrum. Bryn, why don't you give us your Goodrum for Wings of the Wild? I actually think this album is probably one of the hardest to pick my good room because the songs are all of a really consistent high quality. And my answer will probably change if you were to ask me on another day. But for today, I'm going to say my good room is encore. I think it's just such a great moment in her catalogue. It's such a strong pop song. I wish that more had been done with it. I wish that it had been a single. Yeah, encore is my good room. But ask me tomorrow and it'll probably be hold on. Yeah, I thought you were going to say hold on. But yeah, so Encore, I would love to hear Delta do the full production performance of Encore because I feel like that would be a real moment. So hopefully one day we'll get to hear that. I'd be close to picking Encore, but I feel like I cannot go past. And I feel like I've been quite boring with my Goodrum choices because I'm always picking the lead singles. But it's Wings. Because again, it just has that moment, that memory. It's the song that brought her to the UK after a 10-year absence. It's the song that brought us all together. And I feel like we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Wings. So that is, it was the catalyst to everything that has happened since. And yeah, I can't go past Wings. Oh, that's very nice, Jason. For me, my good dream, I pick Dear Life. I think it's such a lovely song. I think it's so much, you know, as Brian was saying, you know, he said it was his most played song. Like, it is one of those songs that should just follow us through for the rest of our lives. That song will always feel timeless and it will always feel like it can capture those moments in your life. Beautiful song. Yeah, so that has to be, for me, the good dream. Yeah, these are all great good drums. Great drums. 
But we have to, as we always do, move on to the badroom now. So go on, Bryn. It's really difficult on this album because, as I've mentioned, like every song out of context, I think is beautiful or wonderful or great or whatever. So I've got to think about the album as a whole and which song for me doesn't work in the context of the album. And so I'm going to go with Only Human. Only Human is going to be my badroom, not because I dislike the song, but I just don't think it's needed for the story of the album. I've said it kind of affects the pace of the album a little bit in a way that I don't really like. And also we'd heard it so long before the album. I didn't think, you know, we needed it on the record. So yeah, it's only human today. For me, similar to what Brim was saying, this is such a hard album because I don't think there is a bad track on this album. There is not one bad track. And so for me, I had to go with when I was going through the songs, going, which one do I tend to not listen to very often? And it's purely on that basis. And I'm so glad you're virtually away from me, Brim, but Hold On is going to be my bad dream because it just isn't one that I listen to that often. I don't necessarily like as much the R&B vibe. It doesn't feel like a standard Delta track, but it's nowhere near worthy of the Badroom title compared to some of the others I've given it before. So yeah, unfortunately, that is my Badroom. And Bryn will never speak to me ever again. That's why he's saying silent. I forgive you. I forgive you. I disagree with both of your Badrooms. I love Only Human. It has a very special place in my heart. And Hold On is another great song. The one I'm going to pick for my Badroom is, just because it's my least favourite and it's not one I particularly connect with, it's In the Name of Love. Again, the chorus, well, the sort of post-chorus is just repeating in the name of love several times. So I think it just doesn't excite me that much as a song. You haven't listened to it while you're like thinking about being in a nightclub, dancing around with it. I think that's what it's missing. I think if I put that on in a nightclub, blaring music, neon lights, I think you'd feel very differently about that song, Jason. Yeah, well, we clearly just need a Delta Club night. Yeah, get that organised someone when we can be back in the nightclubs. I'd so be the DJ for Delta's Bops. Delta's Bops at the nightclub. Bring it on. And finally, we're going to end with our quiz. So to start with, actually, I'm going to do something slightly different. The first question is, can you give me, you can either recite it or sing it, the heavy breakdown? Oh, it starts with something about sometimes when I lay awake, I think about something or other. Yeah, that's as much as I've got. I fail. But I feel like I deserve a point for getting the first line. The half of the first line. Well, we'll see how well Kyle does. And if he does worse, then I'll give you the point. Okay. Sometimes I lay awake in bed and I close my eyes and all I see is the dreams you used to dream about when I was younger. I wonder where I took the path of no return of mine. I lost my way a hundred times, but no one ever, ever lost the hunger. Oh, and I know every cut and every stitch and every sorrow. I know the God of me, this father, the only made me tough to make me stronger. Mm. But when it's not to breathe and I just can't get up the floor alone for days when I was free in life and listen all before it all. There we go. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah, that <laughs> Amazing. But I think the last line, I definitely don't know what I think I said it right. Well, you did a thousand times better than Bryn, I'm afraid. I told but, you, I skip it often. Well, there's Kyle's point. So the next question is, this is quite a difficult one, I think. So we'll do whoever gets the closest, or maybe you will get it right. So Wings of the Wild was the first album since Mistaken Identity to chart in the UK. What position did it reach on the official UK album download chart? 43. 36. It was 28. Wow. Mm. Pretty good. Yep. So I'll have to give Kyle another point there then. I lose every week. It's fine. And then the final question is, on the Wings of the Wild tour, as we mentioned, she did perform most of the album, but two songs were not performed in any capacity. What were those two songs? I wasn't there, so I feel like I get to go first. I wasn't there either, but okay. (laughs) I thought you went, Kyle. No. 
I could have sworn you went. Wishing. Hold on definitely wasn't performed. Yeah. And the other one I would have said was only human. Very good. So you can both have a point there. Right. Well, thank you both so much for this discussion on Wings of the Wild. And those are the five studio albums that Delta has released thus far. But join us next time when we will have a special episode talking about all of Delta's B-sides. So from me, Jason. And me, Kyle. And me, Bryn. Bye. 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 These wings are made to fly.